But Stanley's out. Stanley really out? Could you kill Stanley that easy? Yes, I'm gonna say. They, they came onto this. Is that a Stanley? What is the P in Pinterest? The P in Pinterest doesn't stand for Pinterest. We do a lot of volume plays. What we do too little of in consumer marketing is... What's up, everybody? Welcome back to Whale Informed, where puns come to die and we make fun of billionaires. Ethan, what are we talking about today? All right, today we're going to talk about Mr. Beast restocking shelves, hostage tape. What does the P in Pinterest stand for? Then we're going to go into a little bit of rapid fire, and then we're going to wrap things up with the Jonalog, where we're going to talk about Ridge Wallet and Marquez Brownlee. Dope. And also, the Whaley's is coming up. It's an award show for the e-commerce industry for physical product brands that sell their stuff online. Uh, and it's also an, it's just an event, amazing event. Going to be like 500 people there or something like that. Uh, voting is now live. So you can go to the link in the description and you can vote for best brand, uh, fastest growing brand, best ad campaign, that kind of stuff. Uh, so yeah, hit the link in the description for that and get your votes in. All right, Ethan, let's talk about Mr. Beast. All right, let's do it. So our first free-flowing conversation topic is going to be Mr. Beast restocking shelves. And to rewind things a little bit, last week we talked about how Mr. Beast relaunched his Feastables brand, but not on e-commerce, just in retail. And this week we saw a lot of tweets from him showing how he was restocking some of those shelves and how everything is going so far. This is a tweet that came from him and... He was talking about a lot of things, but one of the things is that there's some of these stores that he saw that weren't actually selling any items. And so he went to those stores and saw that there was stuff in in the in the back of the stores. And he just he really got into the weeds. Uh, John, did, did you see some stuff about this as well? Yeah. I mean, I saw Mr. Beast tweets, uh, which reach a lot of people. This is interesting because basically I think what he said, you know, in one of his tweets was that he has a lot of promotional stuff planned, but he doesn't want to send people to stores if they if they're if the product isn't going to be out on the shelves. Uh I think this is a classic like Mr. Beast overestimation of himself. Uh, where he's like, oh, yeah, I want the Walmart executives to know that this is going on and that I'm going to send people flood into their stores as soon as they can get these uh, like these restock cycles better. And at the end of the day, one, they just can't because like you can't make a minimum wage employee like do something faster than the SOP says to do it. And two, like look, Mr. Beast is big, but a lot of people already go to Walmart. Like what are we talking about? Like a hundreds, thousands of net new customers per day per Walmart location? No, probably not. Do you think that he might've made a mistake by going straight into retail? Or do you think this is just growing pains that he's going to have to go through either way? I wonder if, so I don't know the, the details of the de- deal. Right. I wonder if he maybe made some if he made a good deal with like Walmart, 7-Eleven, some of his retailers, where he basically said, I won't sell online anymore. I'll sell exclusive through retail if you place certain XYZ sized orders or something like that, then no, I don't think it was a mistake at all. I think you retail penetration is ultimately the game. 
in food and beverage and especially in something like chocolate. It's not a better for you product, it's just chocolate. Uh, so no, I don't think that was a mistake if that's what it was. But if it wasn't that, then maybe, you know, at least online, you can control that there's inventory available. Totally. And I think he made the right decision by jumping straight into retail since he hadn't really explored that avenue too much yet. But I do think there will become a point where he goes back into e-commerce as well and does the omni-channel play. Because I know there's a lot of big brands that either start in retail or start in e-commerce. And now they they do both because there are benefits to both. Um, so I know everybody was up in arms last week about him going straight into retail, but I think he just needs to focus his energy there for now. And I think he will come back and do both at some point. That's my prediction at least. Yeah. I mean, we covered it last week. Chocolate retail is the right place to sell chocolate. Uh, it's hard to ship. It's gotta be one of the hardest things to, to sell direct to consumer out there because it's going to melt, it's going to break all the things. So, yeah. uh, yeah, no, I mean, retail is the right move for chocolate, but yeah, he's not going to make Walmart and Target and 7-Eleven stock it. Uh, faster, you know, totally. All right. Next here, I saw this tweet this week and I just want to read it to you. So let me get this straight. These bros took standard breathe, right? Strips, <laughs> made them black, gave them a cool name, went hard on podcasts while running ads with fitness bros. I'm not knocking it. I'm genuinely impressed. It's wild what you can do with an existing product while finding a new audience for it. And they're talking about hostage tape um and for background if you don't know what hostage tape is they actually launched with like strips to go over your mouth for mouth breathers to help them sleep at night and now they offer no strips as well those are their two main products but essentially what this guy is saying like this stuff existed before they just relaunched it made a little bit cooler and he's not even knocking it he's like this is awesome and i we highlighted this part of the tweet because i think he has a really interesting point here on what a brand like it doesn't have to be a completely new idea it's almost a new take on an already proven product i mean it's it started out as tape for your mouth like you could just duct tape your mouth you could you could use there's like lots of kinds of tape that you could use to tape your mouth shut at night you don't use you don't need hostage tape to do it uh but they sort of like went with this angle of it's the same thing that ice bath or plunge has done like plunge isn't anything special it's a tub it's a tub that cools water for you, right? Like put ice in it. But what they've done is they've just decided to like convince you that you should get in it every day and you it'll make your life better. And that's exactly what hostage tape has done. It's like they've just been like, you know, use this product to they've, they've positioned their product as the guide to a better life, even though the product itself is not innovative at all. I, I think it right. is pretty smart. And it honestly is like... Bart, this is this is the founder, I think, of Dad Gang, and Dad Gang isn't an innovative product. It's just hats. They're just hats with like a cool design that really appeals to a certain kind of person, right? And so that's it. It's like uh, you're just positioning a simple product that people already use as a guide to sort of a better life or a community that they want to be involved with or an identity that they want. That makes a ton of sense, and and a lot of times when brands launch. And when it's a completely new brand and a completely new product, you have to figure out how to prove the product and the market. Yeah. But like when you do something like hostage tape, you know, the product's already proven for a market at one point. And now you're almost just pivoting yeah. it in a way to a new market, but it's less that you have to figure out. And and two other brands that are top of mind for me for this are uh, Create Gummies this year, which yeah. Creatine Gummies, Creatine, very proven supplement, new format, new market. And then another one is 
dude wipes actually because those are literally just baby wipes but for a new audience of dudes there so story time back when i was getting just first getting started in e-commerce uh when you're kind of first getting starting it is a marketing agency or freelancer you kind of take whatever work you can get you know like you would love to be picky about it and be like oh i only work with the, the dad gangs of the world and the you know the dude wipes of the world but uh that's just not how it works you got to work with whoever has a product to sell and is willing to pay you to help them. And I was working with this brand that sold sunglasses and they were wood sunglasses, which was on trend at the time, but they were not the only ones selling wood sunglasses. And theirs were like 80 bucks and you could get wood sunglasses for like 30 bucks at a gas station at this point. And so I had to figure out a way to sell these wood sunglasses. And there's not a lot of ways to sell sunglasses. It's like, Mm -hmm. here's, here they are. Here's how they look on your face. Do you like them? So what we started to do is we kind of flipped it and we said, oh, what if, what if these aren't wood sunglasses? What if these are sunglasses for surfers? Because they uh, float, yeah. right? What if these yeah. are sunglasses for wakeboarders? Because they float. Uh, and then we just kind of looked for more little things like that, where we just said, like, what are other things people do on the water? Because these float. Or what's another thing, you know, that we can, it's really light. Is there something there? These are sunglasses for I don't know, people who need light sunglasses. So we just looked for activities. We said, oh, these kinds of sunglasses. And, there's lots of wood sunglasses out there. These are the ones for surfers. And in actuality, it wasn't any different. Same thing as hostage, hostage tape. Is it different than any other kind of tape? Not really. This is just the tape you use to put to be more healthy and get better sleep. Well said. Well said. All right. For the last conversation in this opening segment, I want to talk about Pinterest with you. And to kick this off, before I tell you what I want to tell you, I want to ask you, if we look at the last 30 days of triple whale brands and we look at all of the ad spend, what percentage of that ad spend do you think was spent on Pinterest as a platform? I take calls with triple whale customers like uh, every week, like t- dozens of calls, a couple dozen calls, maybe, maybe not that many, 10 to 20 calls. Uh, I have had one in the last two months that had any kind of significant spend on Pinterest. And by significant, I mean, it was like 10% of their budget. And most of them are just not spending on Pinterest at all. So based on that, I'm going to say maybe like of all the ad spend across all e-com brands that we have insight into, Pinterest makes up less than 1% of the advertising spend. Exactly. So right now they make up 0.5%. But the thing is that they, they are aware of that. They are aware that they are not a big player in this area right now. And that seems to be a big focus. So the first of the two things I want to tell you is that they recently announced a partnership with Google, a new ad deal. And I think a, a, a key reason for this partnership is they're aiming to ramp up their ad revenue and they want to lean into Google's network and some of their proven model to start to improve that accuracy and that return so people start to spend more. But the second thing related to this is they actually started an entirely new ad campaign related to this as well on it called like, what is the P in Pinterest? So if you don't mind, I'm going to share my screen the, real the P quick. The P in Pinterest doesn't stand for Pinterest? I, just thought it just I, I, I guess not. It doesn't stand yeah. for 0.5 either. <laughs> yeah. Pinterest presents High Action Power Funnel. There's no visibility. It's a conversion result. What else would we be talking about? I don't know. For now, Pinterest has more than 30 major measurement partners, so you can see conversions clear as day. Are we nearly there yet? I will turn this snowmobile around. Pinterest, the P's for performance. 
Oh. <laughs> I think the P in Pinterest is for performance. It's for performance now. <laughs> uh, Did you expect okay. that? What, what, what was your question? Uh, I wanted to know if that's what you expected from an ad from Pinterest. No, no, that was uh, that was a that was an ad. This seemed a little high budget. Seemed a little. Seemed like a little much. You know what I mean? Is a little extra, as you can well, say. It was a lot for sure, but I think it's re- it's a really interesting push for them. They're starting to lead more into these partnerships, and I think maybe last year they had a partnership announced with Amazon as well, but they're starting to lean more and more into these partnerships. And now they've invested a lot into a campaign. This is just one of the four segments that are going to run around that campaign to start to push this. And I think they're probably going to target um, Pinterest customers and brands that could advertise on Pinterest. And I'm, I'm curious to see how that 0.5 in terms of ad spend percentage of ad spend evolves throughout this next year. And if the results show and they do get more effective, I think brands will start to lean into them more. I mean, uh, more than other platforms, they do actually have potential because people save things that they want there. So they save physical products, items that they want there. You know, if you're mm-hmm. redecorating your house, or you're doing a remodel or you're whatever, like what, planning a wedding, Pinterest is like a really, like those are those kind of event moments where you're making some big purchase decisions. Pinterest is high user like there's more users during those big moments so uh maybe more so than other social platforms pinterest does actually have a shot at becoming significant they just don't have enough volume of users in all honesty like it can't be that much of your ad spend because there's just not enough people there that's true that is a very good point so i wonder if they'll lean into that more and try to grow their audience as well you're right you need you need the fuel to fuel the engine for the ads engine so just improving the engine is one piece of it the people are a huge the huge other piece of it yeah awesome all right so that concludes the first free-flowing section now let's transition into rapid fire john i believe you have something for me to kick off this section rapid fire awesome. all right yep so uh coinbase is gonna have to figure out how to put a moving qr code on a box of liquid death so we've why we've been What's talking about on? this liquid death auctioned off space at like an ad space on their boxes as a publicity stunt during the Super Bowl. And they just barely announced that Coinbase was the winner. We originally thought it was dude wipes. Coinbase is the winner. And the QR code reference is obviously their Coinbase's Super Bowl ad where they just put a bouncing QR code on the screen. What do you think about this? Is the ad space just going to be one big QR code? (laughs) I think... I don't think my guess is that it will not be a QR code. I think they're going to play into Liquid Death's marketing. They released a statement around this on why they bought it. They said they love new ways of doing things, including marketing. They respect innovative brands like Liquid Death. And it was a really good deal, which we know Liquid Death was playing into in their marketing. So I'm hoping they get creative with it. I was really excited for Dude Wipes. I I thought they were going to lean into it well. So I'm a little bit disappointed, but I'm curious to see what Coinbase comes up with. Um, and yeah, I'm excited. I'm curious too how many eyeballs they'll actually get on it. Because I know Liquid Death claimed that X amount of people come through the stores. It's going to be a lot of eyeballs. But I'm curious to see what the effectiveness of this is and how it plays out throughout this year. They said 200 million. I think best case scenario, it's maybe 50 million and probably more likely like 10 million. Um, but awesome. you know, well, yeah, we'll see how it works out. Coinbase awesome. is awesome. a awesome. company that can awesome. afford to pay awesome. a little more to acquire awesome. a customer. Awesome. Awesome. Right. What else we got? All right. So next up, 
the first Neuralink chip has been implanted in a living human and Neuralink is claiming that you can now, like this person can now operate a computer or smartphone simply by thinking about moving. So simply by using their mind, they can fully operate a computer. Pretty wild stuff. And I know they're going to start to roll this out to more people throughout this year. They're going to focus on people with disabilities first, but let's just say you had the option to do this. What do you think about this? Would you consider getting one implanted? What do you think about all this? I mean, look, if if I don't want to just be able to operate a computer, like if you're going to put a chip in my brain, I want to be like telekinetic. Like, can I get a superpower with that, please? <laughs> like, I want to be like telekinetic or be able to read people's minds or something. That would be way better. Uh, I think I would if if the official. I mean, this is only for people with disabilities at the moment, and that's great. Uh, I think, in all seriousness, if you were like crazy efficient, like far more efficient, because in ideally you could be far more efficient operating any kind of device with this, then there'd be a pretty serious case for it for a developer or something like that. Totally, I agree. And knowing they're starting with people with disabilities, it makes sense that. If someone can't use their hands, now they can with their mind. But I'm, I'm yeah. curious to see how this evolves as well. All yeah. right, John, what do you have next? Okay, so the NFL, the VP of marketing for the NFL, her name is Marissa Solis. Uh, she was on a podcast called the CMO Whisperer podcast. Among other things, she said that marketers, even for the NFL, can't create pop culture. Pop culture is something that just happens but the NFL marketing team is ready to capitalize on opportunities at any time. I think this was an interesting statement given the uh, Taylor Swift, Travis Kelsey romance that happened. Uh, what are your thoughts here? Yeah, I I think a lot of people may hear this and think that she's alluding to the fact that, hey, maybe it was scripted after all, and she's trying to say that it wasn't scripted. But I think she brings up a really good point. I do not think this was scripted, but I think the NFL capitalized on it extremely well. And I know just from my sample size of friends, my girlfriend and a ton of her friends paid way more attention to the NFL than in prior years. And it started with just watching Taylor Swift, then it evolved to asking questions, learning about the game, caring more about other games as well. So I think this was yeah, awesome way of capitalizing on a huge opportunity. Yeah. I mean, look, it's uh, I think that creating pop culture, it's kind of like training a lion, right? Like you can teach it to do some stuff, right? You can do some stuff that might help create pop culture, but ultimately, you know, that some bitch is a, it's a wild animal. Like it's going <laughs> to, people are going to take it wherever they're going to take it. What else we got? All right. So Reddit this week announced a big deal with Google making its content available to train their AI models for around 60 million a year. So I'm curious, is this a sign that data is the new data for AI is the new gold or is this just a revenue play pre-stock market launch for Reddit? I know there's been a lot of rumors about this. What are your thoughts? I think that this is a precedent that is being set specifically for publishers. Because if you think about it, if you're the New York Times, you know, or any kind of People magazine or whatever, like what use do you have anymore, right? Uh, if if your all of your data and everything you publish is just open for AI, but then AI needs the content as well. So I think at this point, it's gotten very, very hard for publishing companies to make any money. And so like, this is just their way of being like, oh, we got to get a bag when it's available. Uh, I think it's good. I think that it's good that we're setting a precedent that um, AI models have to license 
things like name name likeness and image and content that's proprietary and stuff like that. So uh, no, I think overall it's good. I think Reddit is just kind of leading the charge there. I don't think it's a play for their IPO. All right. I think you got something next. Yep. Uh, so Stanley Cups, I guess, are about to get sent to the back of the cupboard with the Nalgene yeah. bottles and the Yetis. You're probably too young to remember the Nalgene bottles. but Oh, I, I had a Nalgene bottle. I had a Nalgene. The, yeah. So the drinkware game is it's a it's a Horace mistress. You know, you could, you'll be trending one day and in the back of the cupboard the next day. Stanley Cups are hot right now. Uh, but I did see a piece of content this week that says if you want to know what's going to happen – in the water bottle game, you got to follow the nurses. So apparently the nurses are the trendsetters in the water bottle game. And the nurses have moved, potentially moved on to a different water bottle. And Stanley's going to, Stanley's out. What do you think? That's Stanley crazy. really out? Could you kill Stanley that easy? I think, I think, yes, I'm going to say they, they came on to this. Is that a Stanley you're drinking out of? This is a knockoff Stanley. Knock off Stanley, close yeah. enough. But they came onto the scene fast, and it feels like they took over everything. But as as you just said, the water bottle scene is something that fluctuation changes a lot throughout time. Yeah, and nurses always on their feet, drinking a ton of water, super health conscious. They're probably at the forefront of that. They're probably the ones that started the Stanley trend as well. So I, I do think Stanley can be dethroned, and I do think that even though they have a huge market share, it's not. It's not everybody. I know I don't have a Stanley over here yeah. either. So you still rocking the Nalgene over there, or what? I have a thermo, thermo, thermo. Okay, got a yeah. rubber bottom. Not bad. Yeah. Apparently, uh, yeah. Tech tech employees are not the people to follow in the water bottle trends. You got to follow the nurses. What else we got? Okay. All right. So Target just launched a new discount brand called Dealworthy. Mm. They, it, there's like almost 400 items included in this starting at $1. Most of them are less than $10. I think Target like had their own brand before too called Up and Up, but this is a more like a, an even cheaper version of that. And I think they're very conscious that budget shopping is becoming a bigger and bigger thing. So they're really trying to lean into that trend. This is not how people use Target, right? Like people go to Target for an experience like if you walk into a target you want to be sold some stuff that you don't need like you went in there for the atmosphere you went in there to see a bunch of red all over the walls and you know buy a freaking cabinet that you're not going to ever install in your house. like this is that's what target is so maybe it's just like uh supposed to be a loss leader to be like so people will be like oh yeah we need to go there and get this because now they have the best prices on this and then right. they just know that their their store is like one big funnel that is just <laughs> designed totally. to maximize order value there's there's something unique about target where people embrace like oh i was going to target expecting to spend 50 dollars, and i accidentally spent 200 and they and love it, telling that story so yeah. i think this will either get more people in the door to do that or, or it's going to completely disrupt that and like someone's going to come in for the budget shopping only shop the budget and it, it could I don't know what's going to happen, but it's definitely an interesting. It's hard for me to imagine that that's even possible at Target. They would have to. It would have to be a whole other different demographic of customers, uh, Mm -hmm. which I guess is possible, but I just don't think it's possible at Target. You go in there and you spend half a day and you buy a bunch of stuff you don't need. That's how it works. All right, last thing: Taco Bell is using like Apple style keynote speeches to make what I would call hilariously small announcements like the fact that they're going big on chicken this year uh it's pretty clearly a parody of the tech industry 
if you watch the video. Ethan, what do you think about this? Is this funny or is this a miss? So I'm personally a big Taco Bell fan. Big I think Taco if there's a big Taco Bell guy. And I think if there's any restaurant brand that could pull something like this off, it's Taco Bell. And for a reason that you might not think. So Apple does these keynotes and people are super passionate about the products. They have a cult following almost. Taco Bell also has a cult following. People are also super passionate about the products. People love crunch wraps. Um, so I think it's awesome. And I'm personally excited. I think they're leaning heavily into chicken this year. So I'm yeah. going to get the Cantina chicken burrito soon. But I love it. Big chicken year for Taco Bell. Like they're not usually leaning heavy into chicken. They're, they're always big on chicken. Uh, no, it's good. It's funny. You know, like I think any I, I am for brands taking a swing on something. I agree. Next, we're going to move into the log, and to tee up this section, I'm going to share this. So this is something that we saw from Sean Frank, who is the head of Ridge Wallets in August of last year. Yeah. So August, 2023. CEO I'm going to read the two. Wallet. Yes. CEO of Ridge Wallet. And he said, I'm offering a $1 million contract to a content creator to come in house at Ridge. What does this mean? What's the catch? How do I apply? Here's the scope. So we announced this then, it got a ton of traction on Twitter, and actually just this morning, right here, we saw the follow-up to this where they announced that Marquez Brownlee, huge tech review YouTuber, he's really ascended yeah, he's beyond the biggest, that at this point. He's the he's, biggest he's tech the biggest. reviewer, I think, at least in the United States. Totally agree. They announced that he's becoming an equity partner, a board member, and the chief creative uh, partner at Ridge Wallet. Yeah, this is pretty wild, John. What are your initial thoughts? So initially, when I saw this, I thought that maybe they like this was the uh, fruition of that August twenty twenty three tweet, and the, that Marquez was being hired as the creative director at, at Ridge. Which that is mega wild. Like I was, I would have been shocked if even with a million dollar contract and equity in Ridge Wallet, uh, Sean they could attract. A creator like Marquez, they could attract a different creator, even one that's pretty big, but not Marquez. Uh, so that's that was my initial reaction. I think the thing to note that's important here is that he is an equity investor. The details of that have not been released. Like I cannot find whether he actually put money in to buy buy equity. Uh, what's clear is that he has some kind of stake. We don't know how big it is. Uh, and he's a board member. I didn't know that Ridge had a board. Maybe they created a board so that Marquez could be on it. I don't know. And then chief creative partner, which means I think there is probably basically just an ongoing creative partnership uh, with Marquez. This isn't really that crazy because uh, Ridge, is do Ridge has been doing product integrations with Marquez Brownlee since I think 2020. Uh mm -hmm when Marquez got the new Tesla truck, the cyber truck and reviewed it, Ridge was the product integration and title sponsor of that video. Uh, you can see Ridge wallets bags in that video. That one I have some insight into. I know that the price for that, I won't say the exact cause I, you know, I don't have permission to disclose that. I know the price for that was a few hundred thousand dollars. It was between, I'll just say between 200000 and $500,000 just for that one product integration because I was looking at it for a different brand that is a semi-competitor to Ridge in, in sort of a different, little little bit different lane. Um, and Ridge went ahead with it. So I think that they've done a lot of integrations with Marquez. So I think what this ultimately am amounts to is basically just a long-term 
deal with Marquez Brownlee, where he'll promote them in several videos, maybe do some ad content for them, uh, and act as act in an advisory role. I think this is similar to what we see in tech, where uh, you know, when OpenAI launched, I think Elon Musk was on the board, right? Uh, if you have a following, you get put. Or if you if you have a following or a reputation or some kind of advantage to the company, you get equity and you get put on the board because you have visibility. So you can help them get their first batch of users, their second batch of users, their uh, seed funding, their Series A funding, right? So I think that's essentially what this is: is that Marquez is just being paid by Ridge in in equity and in dollars for the visibility that he has. There's no precedent for this in consumer. There is precedent for this in tech. So I think it's cool that uh, sort of a brand that's on the edge of consumer and tech and a creator who's on the edge of consumer and tech is doing mm-hmm. I think that's really cool. I also think that there is practical application for this across e-commerce. Right now, we do this thing in e-commerce where we try and create very scalable ways to make creatives. So I'm going to source 200 creatives from 200 different UGC creators or influencers or micro influencers, or I'm going to seed a whole bunch of micro influencers. And what I've seen actually work really well instead is finding those few people who are really into the product and are real evangelists for the brand and actually just hiring them, right? Whether that means hiring, paying them two, $3,000 a month to make some organic posts and some ads for you, or that means hiring them as your social media director, or that means a deal like this, I think that works a lot better because then you can create that feedback loop with them of here's the content that performed well, here's the content that, content that didn't perform well, and they take a creative approach to it. What we do too little of in consumer marketing is ideation. We do a lot of volume plays, like let's push out volume, let's optimize for volume, and we don't put enough emphasis on generating great ideas. And that's what content creators have trained themselves to do. So I think that this is a great precedent. I think that there's practical application across the board here. I think uh, I think other e-commerce brands should follow and create their own versions of this with content creators. I, I don't think most can swing this big and I don't think most should try to swing this big. But overall, I'm a fan of this kind of partnership. And this is something that I've been advising brands to do for a while. Love that. You said that very well. I want to show you to follow up on that. I want to show you this tweet from Sean, where he said, creator brands are the future. People buy from people. Ridge needs to learn how to navigate this new world. And that's a huge reason they did this. So I really think this hits on the head. Yeah. What you just said and by partnering. And I even think just like Marquez's insight is going to go a very long way in this partnership, but partnering with one of the best creators in the game, getting that insight and knowing how to continue to grow a brand through the eyes of a creator. And I think they'll be able to break through because good, good creative growing the brand through that hits in a way that that nothing else does. Well, and if you think about it, Ridge Wallet, they sell a commodity, they sell a wallet. For a while, the product was very innovative because it was the first to really do minimal wallets. Now everybody's doing minimal wallets. So the product isn't differentiated at all. It is continually harder and harder for someone like Ridge Wallet to acquire customers at a reasonable cost. So they've got to be the ones to innovate in this space. I think that what's represent what this represents is a way better way of doing 
creator-led brands. So you have Feastables that is started by Mr. Beast. Chamberlain Coffee started by Emma, Emma Chamberlain, right? This is an already proven successful brand partnering with a proven successful creator and bringing him in as like a, a partner and making it public that he's a partner in this brand so that it's like, you know, imagine Prime was already successful before they partnered with like Logan Paul and KSI. That's the right Paul brother, right? Yeah, Logan. Yeah. yeah. Logan Paul and KSI. Imagine Prime was already successful before that. They're already successful. And then the partnership happens. That's what this is. So I think this is like the powerhouse way to do a creator-led brand and like spinning up brands from scratch is going to be harder and harder. And I think that's kind of the way for the top 0.1% of creators. This is the way that a lot of the creator middle class can capitalize on on the e-commerce world and the in the consumer market world and the way that consumer markets, especially ones that sell commodities and have a hard time differentiating themselves, can separate themselves from the crowd as well. I think you might have to drop the mic after that one. That was that was great. I I feel enlightened after hearing you say that. I think you said it very well. It was a true dialogue. Um, I talked a true, for a, a true dialogue. I think that, that I think that's episode four. I think that's it. That's all the things. Go away now.